Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Chris Paul with the elbow pull Everything has been nearly talked to. Smith, pretty good at bat first time up. Very defensive swing. Tyro Estrada throws out Will Smith. Webb has retired seven in a row. Went to the slider. Merrill Kelly with six strikeouts, and there's two outs of the sixth. Just enough downward movement to get Riley to swing over the top of that slider. Here's Beal seeing a lot of active hands, and he goes off glass, and he gets it to go. Bradley Beal with his 19th point, and he is pumped. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama from Nantar, France. And the 3-1 pitch. Swung on and belted. Deep left field. How far is she going? Gone. Home run. Ronald Acuna Jr. That's one of the prettiest home runs I've ever seen in my life. De La Cruz settles back in. Martinez back to the plate. Friedel at second. The pitch. Rip into right field. That's a base hit. Friedel around third. He will score. On to third is Fairchild. And the Reds have now taken an 8-6 lead here in the 10. And still only one out. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. And welcome to the Friday, June 23rd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7, the Suns, do you agree with the, uh, the apparent approach of not adding depth? Uh, also, oh, I had the wrong day here, don't I? I might have just screwed up. Sorry. Where is my script for today? Oh, let's try this. I got the first part right. In today's sports center on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. This is the ultimate take two thing. Uh, Chris Paul, is he a good fit with the Warriors? This is the right day. The San Francisco Giants, are they playoff bound this season? The Diamondbacks, is it too early to call this weekend at San Francisco a big series? The Suns, are you good with the win is now plan that they seem to have? The future is now? The old George Allen thing from the 70s? The Diamondbacks, we could cover the Diamondbacks. The NBA draft, there we go. No wonder I was distracted because I was distracted for basically four hours last night during this lackluster draft. What stood out to you? The Major League Baseball marquee is this weekend against the Braves, a prove-it series for the Reds. And what else caught your eye since our last show? All right. Now that we have the right day, here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. 
In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, the latest on the hot in second place San Francisco Giants heading into the weekend series against the first place Diamondbacks. We'll talk with Brady Kopfler of uh, McCovey Chronicles. 9.30, interactive action, 602-260-1060, and also the local roundup. That'll include some Diamondbacks and Nationals analysis from Thursday afternoon. Meanwhile, the final segment of the sports zone will be the National Roundup, top by from the MLB scoreboard. It was not a good day yesterday for the Tampa Bay Rays for a couple, at least a couple of reasons. You know, really, three they lost, but you know, that was like the least of their concerns. We'll get to the other two big reasons in that final segment of the hour. And then after the sports zone, from 10 to noon, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. That will include Around the NBA with Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. Okay, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, are Chris Paul and the Warriors a good fit? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Yes, leading the way at 67% of the vote, no trailing at 33%. Chris Paul, as we knew, was he, he wasn't going to play for, the, the obviously, the Wizards. Uh, but it was somewhat surprising on Thursday when Paul was traded to the Warriors. Uh, and, uh, and he's likely not going to be a starter for the Warriors. He has never played, never played an NBA game in his career where he wasn't a starting guard. Hmm. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question on the San Francisco Giants playoff bound in 2023. And Kayla once again has early returns. No, 55.6% of the vote. Yes, 44.4%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. The Giants' 10-game winning streak ended on Thursday, but they have still won 25 of 36 games after they lost three straight at Arizona the second week in May. Meanwhile, the first-place Diamondbacks are 23-12 and 12 on the road after yesterday's win at Washington. Today, Arizona begins a three-game series at the second-place San Francisco Giants. Is it too early to call the Diamondbacks and Giants series over the next three days a big series? Meanwhile, also on the local front, the Suns made one pick last night. Wing player Termani Camara, uh, the 52nd selection. I watched Dayton play a little last year. Didn't really remember him specifically. Had to look him up in my notes, and he's okay. He had some interesting numbers. Averaged 13.9 points, 3.6 rebounds. Shot 36% from behind the college arc uh, earlier on Thursday. The Suns sent four first-round draft picks, 2004, uh, 2024, 2026, 2028, and, 2000, er, and uh, 2030, he tried to say. And six more second-round picks, basically the next six years, uh, to the Wizards as part of the Bradley Beal trade. So we kind of thought that they were you know basically blowing off the future anyway so are you good with the sun's future is now approach meanwhile spain the globe the nba draft was far from drama filled let's put it that way uh in some part because multiple lottery picks either did not play any college basketball in some cases 
they basically didn't even play at a high level on a consistent basis. The guys that did play college basketball last year. So what stood out to you during last night's NBA draft? Meanwhile, the weekend baseball slate topped by a series between two hot teams. The first place Braves, winners of eight straight, play three games at the first place Reds, winners of 11 straight. Will this weekend determine whether the Reds are the real deal? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We have all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules, or if you're simply bad, or if you forget which day's script to look at to start the show, you will be the target of this. coming up a news update that'll be followed by a diamondbacks and giants series preview brady coppler will join us from uh, mccovey chronicles we talked with brady before the uh last series that the uh, dodgers in the uh, actually it's a one game i believe it was a one game into it they played a four game series here uh the first weekend of may the Giants won the first game on a Thursday night, and the Diamondbacks won the last three games. I think we talked to Brady that Friday. But anyway, we're going to talk to him today. And a lot of good things have happened to the Giants since those particular games that one weekend uh, in, uh, in May. So we'll get the latest. Why have the Giants turned it around? Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, more phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060 in the local roundup, top by... Some uh, Diamondbacks and Nationals from yesterday. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. All right, little Jay Giles band, Peter Wolf is going to come up with a scream here in a second. Trust me, he will in just a second. There he is. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. Uh, the name of that song is House Party. The Giants have had a house party here lately, at least until yesterday. They had won 10 consecutive games. Uh, the Giants have also won 25 of their last 36 games since losing three straight in Arizona uh, the second weekend of May. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. The second-place Giants and the first-place Diamondbacks begin a three-game series tonight in San Francisco. We're now joined in the sports on uh, by uh, Brady Kopler of uh, McCovey Chronicles. And, Brady, always good to have you on the show. And uh, let's start with the Giants. Uh, are they a team on a hot streak, or are they a good team for the long haul? this season i think it's most likely that they're a good team for the long haul um but i say that with a little hesitancy because this time last year they had a pretty decent record and then ended the season at 500 so um you know since they don't have one of those superstars that a lot of the other good teams or great teams in the majors have including 
of course, the Diamondbacks, uh, it's a little bit harder to know for sure that it is going to be sustainable. Um, but to my eyes, everything they're doing is pretty sustainable. It's pretty well balanced. Um, this is much more the team that I expected them to be this year than the team that you saw the last time they played the Diamondbacks. So I, I think they are going to be a pretty good team from here on out. You might have just answered the next question with that answer, but have the last 35 games changed your opinion of the uh, 2023 Giants and and also how they might approach the trade deadline? Yeah, I think a little bit. You know, I, I was more optimistic about this team than – than a lot of people but at the same time the way that they've gotten there is a little bit different than i expected uh they're very reliant on rookies which i don't think many people saw um right now you know their their two star rookies at the moment are catcher patrick bailey and center fielder luis matos uh both of those players were struggling last year in high a um opened the season having never played above high a having not looked particularly good last year, and now they're everyday players and two of the best players on the team. So the way that they have gotten here is surprising, even if the results are not as surprising to me as they are to other people. Um, and I think because of that, it, it does change the trade deadline equation a little bit, but it, it puts them in a place where I think they're, they're better equipped to make a run, which you would tend to think means that they're more likely to make a move. But at the same time, since all of their or a large amount of their contributions are coming from young players, I don't think that we're going to see them make a big move because usually the teams that make big moves at the deadline have to get rid of those young players. And I think right now this is more of a young team that has a lot of veterans that are helping the young players win than vice versa. So they don't have a lot of trading chips to use at the deadline because I don't think they're going to be interested in parting with any of their interesting prospects. We'll get to some of those young guys here momentarily, but I want to get your take on the National League West. You just watched the Dodgers uh, for three games in, San, in uh, Los Angeles, three ga- four games against the Padres in San Francisco. Now you get to see the Diamondbacks again. So let's start uh, with the Giants uh, and uh, the, the, well, the, you know, the Giants and the Diamondbacks are actually ahead of the Dodgers and Padres. So let's let's start with. Uh, Actually, let's start with the Diamondbacks, and I'll get to the, uh, the Dodgers and the Padres in a minute. But the, uh, the Diamondbacks at forty-six and thirty, what's caught your eye about their uh, you know hot start after seventy-six games now? Yeah, the way it's all come together has been a little surprising for me. I thought they were going to have a good season, um, but I didn't think they were necessarily going to have a great season. And the way that that the team has really just kind of excelled in every area of the game, and and you've seen players just reach heights that I didn't necessarily think they were going to reach. Um, I've, I've been a big Corbin Carroll fan since he was drafted, but you know, I didn't expect him to come flying out of the gates and be playing at an MVP level. Um, Zach Gallen, obviously just taking yet another step on what was already a very good career. Uh, to me, they're just a very well balanced team that can beat you in so many different ways with so many different players who have kind of started to maybe reach the best version of themselves, which I think is always special when when a team does that and you kind of get the best-case scenario. It's a lot of fun. Brady Klopfler of uh, McCovey Chronicles currently in the sports zone. Okay, the Giants recorded the rare road sweep of the now 41-33 and 33 Dodgers. Uh, are the Dodgers broken? 
I don't think so, but I do think, you know, this is not the same Dodgers team that they've been for the last eight years or so. And I think, you know, that was apparent a little bit in the offseason when they didn't make any huge moves um, and they didn't, they weren't really even rumored in any huge moves. And in fact, they let a few of their better players go. You know, they, they let Trey Turner go without really any offseason plans. Obviously, the injury to Gavin Lux messed things up for them there, but it was a very quiet offseason for them. And um, obviously, I think everyone is expecting that they had that quiet offseason to reset the tax penalties so that they can make a run at Shohei Otani next offseason. But we've grown so accustomed to the Dodgers being this unbeatable behemoth uh, that even after an offseason where they pretty clearly took a large step backwards, it's kind of shocking to see them not be that world-beating team anymore. But, you know, they are still comfortably above 500. They're still, I think, a, a very good team with a lot of very good players. Uh, I just don't think that they're that clear-cut great team best in the division anymore. And I think that's going to be the case for the rest of the season. And if they don't make a big move next offseason, I think that will probably be the case next year as well. The 36 and 39 Padres, you saw them the last four days. Why have they been so disappointing? Yeah, that's that's a, a funny team. Uh, and I think, you know, fans will take oh you know, non Padres fans will take a lot of enjoyment in in seeing the Padres struggle so much after all of the moves that they've made to to try and shore up their lineup. Um, I think it's a few different things with the Padres. I think they're just not clicking. You know, in this series against the Giants, they just had some stupid mistakes. You know, they had some base running errors by veteran players. Manny Machado had a play where he got thrown out trying to take third base on a fly yeah. out to left field. And Unbelievable. You just, you just look and you go, what are you doing? And it's, yeah, it's just exactly. been what they've been doing all year, you know. And I think I think they're just in one of those ruts where that happens. And they're also just not a well-balanced team. You know, it's a team that already had Fernando Tatis Jr. and um, ha Sung Kim, and what do they do with their $300 million in the offseason? They go and get another shortstop. Um, it's, it's just a weirdly balanced team. Their, their pitching is bizarre. They're top-heavy on offense, and it's just been a, a weird domino effect of players making dumb mistakes, and uh, nothing's really working for them. But they do have a lot of talent, so I suspect they'll figure it out at some level. But I, I think there is a, a possibility that this is just the fourth-best team in the division. Back to the Giants. Mike Yastrzemski left the Wednesday game with left, left uh, hamstring tightness, didn't play Thursday. Lamont Wade Jr. has had some uh, right side tightness. He's been out all week. Do you think we'll see uh, Yaz and Wade this weekend against the Diamondbacks? I definitely think we'll see Wade. Um, they said that he was available off the bench uh, for their game yesterday. So I would assume that he will be back, if not today, then probably tomorrow. I think that's probably the case with Yaz as well. Um, they've been pretty quick to put players on the injured list if their injuries look like they would keep them out for more than, you know, four or five days. And there really hasn't been any word about that happening with Yaz. So uh, I would assume that that they kind of dodged a bullet with both players. And I think we'll see Wade probably in the lineup tonight. And Yaz, if not tonight, then some point over the weekend. 
Yeah, Mitch Haniger and Wilmer Flores, former, uh, a couple former Diamondbacks, are on the injured list. What, what is their status moving forward? Flores is expected to be coming off the injured list as soon as he's as soon as his ten days are up. Um, very mild injury for him. Um, I think it was one of those ones where he probably didn't need to be out the whole ten days, but they didn't want to risk a roster spot, so he's he'll be back next week. Um, Haniger's out for the long term. Um, He's been placed on the 60-day injury list. He uh, fractured his forearm, took a took a 88-mile-an-hour uh, pitch right off the forearm um, and fractured it, which was such a bummer because he had really just started to find his rhythm after starting the season injured, and he was really playing well. So he's on the 60-day. Um, the recovery timeline has him potentially being recovered and ready to start playing again late August. So if his recovery and rehab goes well, uh, there's definitely still a decent chance that he'll return this season and have a few weeks or even a month with the team. Um, but obviously, we all know that that those recoveries and rehabs aren't always smooth, so I think it's no sure thing that he'll be back this season. That dude's had horrible injury luck. Uh, he's a good he sure player has. when he's out there. Uh, amazing how many injuries he's had. All right, you mentioned some of the youngsters. You know, Schmidt and Bailey and Sable. You mentioned Mottos, Sean Jelly earlier this week. How important have those guys been to the uh, you know, the so-called youngsters, I guess, uh, to the recent resurgence of the Giants? They've been very important um, for a few reasons. First off, they've filled some holes that you know the team didn't necessarily know going into the season they needed hole. They needed filling. Um, Patrick Bailey in particular, you know, the Giants started the season with Joey Bart and Roberto Perez as their uh, catchers. Uh, Roberto Perez had a season-ending injury in the first week of the season, and Joey Bart has frankly been awful. Uh, And Patrick Bailey has been one of the best catchers in baseball since getting called up. So he's really filled a hole that needed filling. Uh, Luis Matos now the same. You know, Yastrzemski has had a few injuries. Austin Slater has had a few injuries. We just talked about Hanniger. That outfield has really been getting banged up, and now they have a player that they're able to plug into center field every day, and it's really just been really important patchwork. But I also think that they've put some spark and some life into the team. This is this is a team that may be very analytically minded, but they're also very old school in the sense that they're reliant on those kind of good clubhouse vibes players enjoying playing with each other, good chemistry. You can tell by the vibe in the clubhouse whether or not the team is going to be playing well or playing poorly. And the young players have provided some spark and some energy, and they also get along really well with the veterans, which you don't always see uh, with teams. And so there's really just so much more life and energy in the clubhouse and on the field than there was the last time the Giants and Diamondbacks were playing. Uh, And I think the youngsters deserve a lot of credit for that so they've been a, a huge part of this season you mentioned joey bart uh, obviously has not lived up to expectations or anything close to it sent back to triple a are you surprised that it was he's been this bad is he broken fixable how would we describe what to look forward to if anything from him in, in the major league future at least the media major league future yeah I, i'm not surprised that it hasn't really worked out for him. Um, you know, he was he was the last first-round pick by the Giants' old front office before Farhan Zaidi took over, uh, and his profile 
really just didn't fit with the profile that the new front office and brain trust likes. So I don't think it's particularly surprising that he hasn't worked out great. But at the same time, these the struggles he has had are a little inexplicable. Um, it, if I'm remembering the number correctly, I believe that between the majors and AAA, he now has 57 consecutive games without a home run. Um, wow. And this is a guy who, that you know, that was his calling card offensively. He was a 60-grade power yeah. guy. It, the, the scouting report was always that he's going to have a lot of swing and miss. He's going to have a low batting average. Uh, but that he can hit enough home runs and play good enough defense that he'll still be a valuable player. And the defense is there, to be fair to him. He is a very, very good defensive player. The, everyone on the Giants loves pitching to him, loves the way he calls games, loves the way, loves the way he frames, loves the way he blocks balls. He's a very good defensive player. Um, but right now, he is his worst version of himself as a when it comes to striking out and also doesn't have any of the power to make up for that. So he's just not a playable offensive player. Um, so I don't think his story is done being written. I don't think he's in danger necessarily of being designated for assignment because you always need a little bit of catcher depth and you can do worse than a really good defensive catcher as your you know, emergency mm-hmm. option there. But if he doesn't find a way to either cut down on his strikeouts or find that power that he used to have, I would say that his time with the Giants is not going to extend beyond this season. Can the Giants on Saturday schedule to use an opener? They're 8-3 this season when using an opener. That's usually not a formula for a high winning percentage. So how's Kapler and and his coaching staff, how have they been so successful with the opener approach? Yeah, it's kind of funny because, you know, the Giants' bullpen was horrendous for the first few weeks of the season. And if you had told me, you know, in, in late April or early May that they were going to have so much success using openers, I would have been shocked because their bullpen was just throwing every game away at that point. Um, but it's been a few different things. Everyone in the bullpen has gotten a lot better, which is, I think, the biggest thing is they're just they're simply playing better. Um, but Kapler's really pushed the right buttons with who he uses for those long stretches. They have a large amount of players in their bullpen that are starting pitchers coming out of the bullpen. Got, you mentioned Sean Jelly earlier. They've got two other rookies who have been very impressive in Tristan Beck and Keaton Wynn. Uh, they've got Sean Manaya who has been coming out of the, the bullpen, Jacob Junis. A lot of guys who can pitch three, four, five innings on any given night uh, and seem to do better when they're coming out of the bullpen rather than starting the game on the mound. And Kapler has done a really good job, I think, of pushing the right buttons and finding which player is going to fit into which matchup. And there's been a nice amount of flexibility by going with the opener instead of a set rotation where, you know, when you have a set rotation, you're pitching every five days, you're kind of forced into certain matchups and you might end up with your fourth or fifth starter pitching against a team that he doesn't profile to be good against, but it's the fifth day. So what are you going to do? And when you take this opener and bullpen game approach, you can kind of play with the pieces a little bit more and target the matchup a little bit more. And, and we've seen Kapler, I think, do a really good job with that. Okay, one thing they haven't excelled at is defense. In fact, they've been bad. Why has the defense been this bad, and will the defense improve? Yeah, great question. And, and it is worth noting that for, for as 
not great as the defense is, it's leaps and bounds above what it was last year. So uh, <laughs> small, small victories for Giants fans there. Um, but yeah, they've 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 been kind of inexplicably bad because they don't really have any bad defensive players per se. It just hasn't really quite worked out. Um, I think it starts with the defense where they've they I mean with the outfield where they just haven't had reliably good defensive players. Um, you know, Mike Yastrzemski and Austin Slater have been splitting the platoon in center field, and both of them are good defensive play, defensive outfielders, but not necessarily good center fielders. Um, and then you have Michael Conforto, who is not a very good defender in the corner, and Mitch Hanniger is now injured. He was, you know, kind of mediocre defensive player. So they just really didn't have any strengths there. And now they're getting better there that they've added Luis Machos in center field. He's an excellent defensive player, and that allows Slater and Yastrzemski to move to a corner where they're a little bit better defensively. Um, Brandon Crawford, really slow out of the gates, was uncharacteristically poor defensively at shortstop, and um, now he's been getting better. So I think they're trending in the right direction, if for no other reason than the addition of the young players. Um, you know, Matos, Bailey, Schmidt, they're all really, really good defensive players, and they're taking some of those some of that time away from players like Wilmer Flores, who isn't a very good defensive player. Um, but they're still a team that has an absence of great defenders. And I think in the majors right now, if you don't have multiple gold glovers across the diamond, you're just not going to be a good defensive team. All right. So last up, it is, I, I totally understand we're not even out of June yet. Uh, but considering the reduced schedule with the you know, reduced as far as division games, is it crazy to say that this is a big series this weekend with the first place Diamondbacks and the second place Giants? No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think it's, I think it is a big series, and uh, if for nothing else, I think it's big for both of those teams to just kind of gauge how well they're playing against the other top teams in the division. You know, early on for the Giants, they were, you know, they started season six and thirteen, and you could already look at the standings and go, "Wow, you need to really." play well over the final 140 games if you want to even get into the wild card. And now they're in a position where, you know, if they sweep, they're a half game out of the division lead. Uh, but on the other hand, if they get swept, suddenly the idea of competing for the division looks pretty grim. And for the Diamondbacks, you, you know, they've been fighting off the Padres and the Dodgers so well all year, and now you have a new team that's entered the fray and is, and is running running at them and you kind of have a chance to prove to that team that you're still the top dog and, and that the division goes through you. So, you know, it's still a long season, but I would say that this is a significantly more important series than I think either of these franchises are used to playing in June. <laughs> totally agree with that. Brady, always good talking to you. We appreciate it. I'm sure we'll do it again. Thanks. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Brady Klopfer of uh, McCovey Chronicles. Excellent stuff there as always. Check out all his work. The next segment, it'll be phone call time if you want to jump aboard. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also today's local roundup. A little bit from the Diamondbacks yesterday. And I think one thing that happened yesterday could really damage the Diamondbacks' chances this weekend in San Francisco against the Giants. And I'll point that out. 602-260-1060. Don't forget the extra point. Coming up between 10 and noon with Caleb, we'll talk NBA with Sean Devity of Heavy.com. 
And uh, we'll have plenty on the NBA draft from last night. And um, um, kind of maybe explain why I thought it was a little disappointing. But there were a few things that definitely caught my attention for sure. Uh, whether it be players that weren't drafted, which I don't think we were too surprised about, quite frankly. Or uh, the Pac-12. More guys drafted than maybe you thought. Uh, you know, UCLA. They, got, they had some studs when they were healthy. downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. It's time for today's local roundup. Quarterback to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard to the KTUS hotline 602 260 1060 general discussion if you'd like to uh, feel free to interrupt during this segment no problem all right a little local roundup here the diamondbacks are uh triumphed again and the one game trip to washington arizona and the makeup of the uh june 8th uh, postponement the the fog out or whatever the the smoke out i guess it was the better term uh from that day well yesterday they led from start to finish before they held on against the staggering Nationals, ended up being a 5-3 Diamondbacks victory. The Diamondbacks have won uh, the last six times that Tommy Henry has started. The second-year left-hander tossed six and, a two th- uh, six and two-thirds innings yesterday, allowed just one run on seven hits, one walk, five strikeouts. His earned run average is now down to 4.31, but his whip is a shaky at best 167. He has just 41 strikeouts and 62 in a third uh, innings this season. Those are not exactly winning formulas usually, but at least for right now, uh, the you know, Henry right now the, the, is the Diamondbacks' third best starting pitcher, which uh, isn't saying much because there's just really only have two good starting pitchers, but he's number three. Uh, the Diamondbacks yesterday, though, I think this is important. They entered the ninth inning with a 5-1 lead. But the struggling Joe Mantiply allowed a double and a two-run homer and got just one out. Uh, Mantiply, of course, was the Diamondbacks' all-star last season. He has not been anywhere near what he was a year ago. He now has a 527 run average this season. And his failure to finish the Thursday game might change the Diamondbacks' chances of winning this weekend in San Francisco because Torrey Lovello, with the Mantiply ineffectiveness, uh, Lovello forced to use Scott McGuff, who got the final two outs uh, for his second save in two days. He actually pitched two innings uh, the prior day at Milwaukee. So McGuff, who is clearly Lovello's preferred ninth inning choice for now, uh, definitely not going to be available for tonight's series opener in San Francisco, might not be even available for the Saturday game. So it uh, depletes their bullpen if it's a close game either tonight or tomorrow. Meanwhile, back to Thursday at the plate, the recently effective leadoff hitter, Gerardo, uh, Geraldo, excuse me, Perdomo, he reached base four times, two hits and two walks. He's been really good on defense this season, and uh, he didn't show much offense uh, last year at all. This year, he's hitting 297. He also has 30 walks and just 37 strikeouts. Uh, that's uh, you know maybe a lot of strikeouts considering the at-bats, but 30 walks, 37 strikeouts is a okay ratio. The bottom line, the Diamondbacks are now 23-12 and 12 on the road, 
Only Atlanta in baseball has more road wins than the Diamondbacks. The Nationals, they are not good. Um, we didn't think they were good, and they actually played okay for a while. They've now lost 15 of their last 18. And quite frankly, the Nationals look like a dead team walking, which is not a good thing when you're saying that about any team in the month of June. Up next, the uh, first place Diamondbacks play three games at the second place Giants. Hopefully you got to hear the last segment of Brady Klopfer. Uh, McCovey Chronicles got the latest on the Giants. Pitching matchups in this series, the scheduled pitching matchups. You know, last week we thought we were going to have uh, – you know, Tristan McKenzie pitching on Friday night, but he was scratched, and the the uh, the Guardians are now hoping that he's not headed for Tommy John surgery. But the scheduled pitching matchups tonight: Zach Davies seven and three with a seven eleven earned run average against Giants ace Logan Webb, six and six with a three eleven. On Saturday, it's Merrill Kelly who is nine and three with a two ninety earned run average. Against TBA for the Giants, that's expected to be a bullpen game, something we talked about in the last segment with Brady. And then on Sunday, it's Ryan Nelson, 3-4 and four with a four, uh, 5.31 run average against Anthony Desclafani, 4-6 and six with a 4.38. Uh, I've said this before about Desclafani. He, it, you don't know what you're getting. I mean, sometimes you wonder, he might be pitched, you might think he's going to pitch a no-hitter. Uh, he's so good in the next start, he may not get out like the second inning. So who knows what's going on with him, hence the 438 or run average. All right, so the updated National League West standings, and we're only going to go three deep on this because we're not considering the Padres leaving. They, they don't even deserve to be mentioned at this point, even though he did win yesterday, and they won at San Francisco. That's the only game they won in the four-game series at San Francisco. Uh, but uh, Arizona is sitting at 46 and 30. So they added the game yesterday against San Francisco. San Francisco, 33 losses now. Three back in the loss column. Uh, the Dodgers are sitting at 41 and 33. All right. Also, real quick, the Diamondbacks getting uh, some national attention, uh, albeit uh, they don't get a whole lot of respect in the betting market, which we've talked about frequently, even, when they, even though they keep winning. But uh, Jim Bowden, the athletic. Uh, and, and Jim, I think, works for every media outlet in America. But uh, you know, he writes for The Athletic. Whoa, sorry about that. I just had to sneeze, <laughs> which I wasn't planning on. Nothing against Jim Bowden and sneezing. Sorry about that, Jim. I'm sure he's listening. Uh, actually, he was on MLB radio this morning at like 6 a.m. Our, 6 a.m. our time. I'm guessing he's taking a nap. But anyway, he recently evaluated the trade deadline for every team. Uh, he wrote about Arizona. The Diamondbacks are one of the most exciting athletic teams in the sport. They ranked third. This was as of last week. In stolen bases, first in the majors, and getting from first to third, excellent base running team. Corbin Carroll is in the conversation for the NL MVP with Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman. Zach Gallen is in consideration for the NL Cy Young Award. The Diamondbacks have the offense and defense to win the division. Their biggest question mark remains the back of the rotation while they're counting on rookie pitchers such as Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson. Uh, and uh, Bowden concludes... If the Diamondbacks can uh, trade for a middle-of-the-rotation starter, they might just win the NL West, West, and they're a dark horse to go all the way. 
All right, one other quick thing here. The uh, Suns named their coaching staff officially yesterday. We knew a lot of this ahead of time, but it's now official that Miles Simon, former U of A player and former Vogel assistant with the Lakers, is on the staff. And, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, you know, some names that we, we, we kind of knew. We, you know, this is kind of spilling. Obviously, Kevin Young is the associate head coach, et cetera, but – not terribly surprising. It is kind of finalized and officially named the coaching staff yesterday. All right. Next segment, we'll wrap up the sports um, uh, with the uh, the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program with the National Roundup. That'll be topped by the latest line. Actually, we probably may not even get to the latest line because I want to go to a couple things from the scoreboard. And it was a terrible day yesterday for the Tampa Bay Rays. Another injury in their pitching staff. Doesn't seem like it's long-term like the other ones have been, but that's an issue. And they also suspended arguably their second-best player. I don't know if they officially called this suspension, but they have benched him. So we'll get to that in the next segment for sure. Stay tuned after the Sports Zone, after the next segment, next two hours, the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. Tons of NBA stuff, including a discussion with Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. And uh, we'll plenty more on the draft from last night. You'll listen to the sports on with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Check out the Doug Gottlieb Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUSAM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back, final segment of the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. The Giants, we talked uh, about them earlier in the hour, obviously, for the Diamondbacks series this weekend. Wasn't good for the Giants yesterday. Gary Sanchez and Manny Machado, three-run homers in the Padres' 10-0 victory at San Francisco. That ended a 10-game winning streak for San Francisco. That was their longest winning streak in a really, really long time. Actually, since 2004, Alex Wood, giant starting pitcher, was terrible yesterday. Six runs, four hits, four walks, gave up the two three-run homers and did all that in three and a third innings. So there you go. Also, San Francisco hitters struck out 14 times. That was the seventh time the Giants have been shut out this season. Meanwhile, the Braves beat the Phillies again. Uh, Marcelo Zuna had a two-run homer to cap off a five-run tenth inning which was extended by just a horrendously bad play in left field by Kyle Schwarber, just completely whiffed on a fly ball that should have ended the inning. Instead, the Braves got five runs in the inning. It was actually a scoreless game through nine innings before that meltdown by the uh, Phillies defense in the top of the, mainly Schwarber, in the top of the 10th inning. Meanwhile, uh, the Braves catcher, Sean Murphy, who got hit by a pitch on uh, Thursday, uh, did strike out as a pinch hitter, but is not expected to start at least game one of the series today at Cincinnati. Uh, but he appears he's not going to be headed to the injured list. All right, speaking of a bad day, that would be the Rays. They lost to the Royals. That was the least of their concerns. Uh, I think their biggest concern is that Shane McClanahan who has been the baseball baseball's best pitcher so far this season? He was remained from uh, removed, excuse me, from Thursday's start because of mid back tightness. Didn't seem terribly serious, but 
he literally couldn't finish an inning. And he had uh, Kevin Cash and the athletic trainer you know, went out to the mound, two outs in the fourth inning. Uh, he's 11-1 and in the season with a 233-yard run average. Also yesterday, Tampa made an unexpected announcement. They're starting shortstop. Wander Franco, was been, he's been benched uh, for two games. He didn't start yesterday. He's not going to start today. Maybe not even start after today for, quote, not being the best teammate, end of quote, according to Kevin Cash. Um, basically, uh, you, they, they, you know, Cash said that he has not handled, uh, he being Franco, has not handled his frustrations well. Last year, Franco got an 11-year guaranteed contract from the Rays of all teams for $182 million. This is not good news. Meanwhile, the Pirates also, they've been bad for weeks. They've kind of turned out to be the Pirates. Uh, But yesterday, they lost their best player, Brian Reynolds, who they signed to a long-term contract about a month ago. He was placed on the 10-day injured list, and he's got lower back inflammation and this might be a while, uh, apparently, from what I read this morning. All right, a couple games and series uh, that begun this weekend. Atlanta's at Cincinnati. Uh, tonight, the first game in that series is the uh, Red Hot Braves and the Red Hot Reds square off at the Great American Small Park. Uh, Smith Shaver makes his third Major League start for Atlanta. Uh, and uh, he's been good so far, but albeit those were against uh, Washington and Colorado. Much better offense uh, that he's going to be facing in the, you know, the great American small park tonight. Uh, and then former Diamondback Luke Weaver goes for the Reds tonight. And the uh, the Braves and Smith Shaw, they're a 150 road favorite in this game. Also tonight, the Diamondbacks, as we mentioned previously, uh, against, the, against the Giants. It's Davies against Webb. Uh, the uh, Dodgers, excuse me, not the Dodgers, the uh, Giants ace Logan Webb, a 170 favorite against the Diamondbacks and Davies tonight. And also the Dodgers uh, with Sheehan on the mound, and he pitched uh, six uh, no-hit innings in his Major League debut last week. Goes against uh, Houston, the depleted Astros, and, and France goes for Houston tonight. The Dodgers a 140 favorite in that game tonight. All right, next two hours, the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. We'll go around the NBA with uh, Sean Devaney of Heavy.com. More phone call time, 602-260-1060. Thanks for listening to the Sports Zone.